When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blush. My name is Hiva, and I'm joined by everyone's favorite guest co-host, our Blush single correspondent, the person that I voice memo with 30 times a day, Stella. Stella, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm thrilled to be back. <laughs> We're so excited to have you back. How's your week been? Oh, it's been a pretty good week, pretty exciting week. Um, I uh, well, since since I'm the single correspondent, although that's a topic that hasn't come up much. Yeah, I, actually, right. <laughs> highlight of my week might be that I signed up for Tinder. <laughs> yes, so we definitely have to do a full episode on dating apps. But how's your experience been so far? Um, it's been okay. It I I've been on a number of other apps for a while now, but mm-hmm. I had been avoiding Tinder because I was like, oh, Tinder, it's the hookup app, and mm-hmm. that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking for you know not just a serious relationship, the serious relationship of my life. Yeah. And so I'd kind of avoided it because I was I was afraid, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it hasn't been bad so far. I've had a uh, you know a handful of matches, some interesting. Uh, potential connections so I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens um I'm so sorry if anyone could hear the weird noise in the background of that my dog lately just really wants to be on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't want to miss out on the action she you know she she sees us in here in the studio and she She gets to come in yeah I think um, maybe she wants to tell her story on the podcast. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, my dog used to be paralyzed and she had a miraculous recovery. And I think that she has some tips to share. So. Oh my God, she would be an amazing guest. If I only know. she could talk. <laughs> I <know. laughs> maybe I could translate for her. Yes. Sam's miraculous road to recovery. Mind over matter. Yes. It's like very Joe Dispenza-ish, you know, like you are the placebo. (laughs) You can heal yourself. Exactly. Uh, Okay, back to apps. Um, Have you, are you on any of the apps other than the primal triad, if you will? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, wait, so would would the primal triad then be... um, Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. Yep, I guess. Yep. So which one is Sun? Which one is Moon? Which one's right? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, no, like um, Tinder, yes. Sun, 
yeah okay, bumble is moon and hinge is rising right i just think Maybe. of it as one two okay three. yeah 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 i could see that okay, uh, it's not deeper it. than just no, one, no, no. two three of yeah <laughs> um let's see uh i have been on like for different amounts of time not as long because uh you know, i kind of download and then delete after a while but i've been on coffee meets bagel also mm, heard, heard good things about eh, that didn't love it really also the league <laughs> okay didn't i did that, that for like either. a day yeah deleted it yeah yeah cool i'll save the rest of this for another episode where we'll do a full deep dive into dating apps oh yes i cannot wait for that i know and we'll maybe we'll get you signed up on some other ones for the purposes of this all right you know in dc i was on one i can't remember what it's called but it would show you everyone who you pass oh Okay. So it worked on GPS and the kind of cool premise was if you're, and it would show how many times you passed each other. So if you're passing someone all the time, you either live near them or work near them or do something in the same place. So you kind of have something in common. Hmm, yeah. And I, I like the idea of that on the one hand, on the one, on the other hand, it could be a little creepy, but cause you're like, you know where someone is. Right. <laughs> but it also could just be like, giving the universe a little push, you know? Like, because yeah. you could just randomly meet this person in line at your favorite coffee shop if you always go, but why not have that little extra push, especially in these weird pandemic times? Exactly, yeah. I remember, so I had it in D.C., and there was one guy who I passed, like, 50, 60 times, and I just remember being like, who the fuck is he? Like, I You're see stalker. him all the time. <laughs> He's like lurking in the shadows, following you around. Oh, he's the person who's about to murder me. Okay. Can you like submit that data from the app to like the police? Look, I need a restraining order. And we're laughing about this because it's just a silly thing, but like could seriously take a dangerous turn. Yeah. Seriously, be careful, guys. Yes. Um, Safety first, everyone. Safety first. Okay, moving right along. So today we want to talk about Lock and Key. Yes. Now, if you haven't watched the show, that's okay. We're not going to recap the show. You don't have to have watched it to be able to follow this conversation. Really, what we're going to be talking a lot about is how to create your own magic in your life. Maybe. Hmm. Kind of. Yes. (laughs) Or at least approach your life with a more magical kind of perspective. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, what Stella said, ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> or magical mindset. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Absolutely. So for anyone who hasn't seen the show, we'll just do like a one to two sentence overview. It's not a spoiler. The premise of the show is a family. There are three kids and their dad is kind of violently murdered although I mean I don't know that there's a non-violent form of murder good point yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's kindly murdered (laughs) no he's definitely not (laughs) yeah it's it's, he was murdered um kind of in front of the kids Uh, that's neither here nor there so after he dies the mom decides to move the kids across the country to their father's childhood home 
which turns out to be a kind of haunted house, we could say, I guess, in that there are all of these magical keys hidden in the house um, and well, which of course have magical powers and do different things. And it's really the youngest child, right? The youngest mm-hmm. son who begins to discover these keys and discover their magic. Uh, and then the story unfolds and his siblings kind of are brought in on it and many adventures and perils ensue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's a good overview. It's a great show. Highly recommend it. But for our purposes, we're going to talk a lot about the head key. So the head key is a key that they find and you can put it into the back of anyone's neck like a little keyhole opens and you can put it in and then what happens is a door appears and you can walk through the door and go inside your head. Yes, and the person who has the key in the back of their head, right? It's once the key is turned, um, suddenly they are standing outside of their body kind of, right? So the yeah. body stays there seated wherever it is with the key in the neck, uh, but the mind is kind of uh, uh, separate from it, but still in the form of the person. And then that person can walk in through the door into the um, the space of their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And in the show, the inside of everyone's head looks completely different. Like the first person we see is the youngest kid. The inside of his head looks like, what would you even describe it? Some kind of like toy. Yeah, like a toy store maybe, but not yeah. but not a store, just like a a wonderland of kids' toys. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a have you ever been to those kind of like gymnastics y gyms? Like you know what I mean, where there's trampolines and ropes and yeah, fun yeah. shit like uh-huh. that. And then it's like a hybrid between that and a toy store. I don't know. It's a Fun toy childhood adventure land. Yes, what you would expect the inside of a 10 or 11-year-old boy's mind to look like, right? That's how old he's supposed to be approximately. Is that? No. Or no, he's he's so much younger. Really? The youngest kid? I thought he was like 10. No? 10 or 11 is like almost at puberty. Okay, good point. I'm, I'm, I'm menstruated not, I'm at like eleven. <laughs> I'm not good at ages. I just know that the actor. Oh no, I'm I just so know that the actor ages. was like thirteen when he was filming those, You're or something, kidding. or twelve, twelve or thirteen. And so I remember thinking, okay, of course, you know, child actors in particular are always a couple years, a few years older than who they're representing. Um, but that yeah. child is. 13 or maybe he's 13 now but he was must like be 13 now obviously younger when they were filming <laughs> yeah I like I'm bad with ages too but like once we hit 10 there is I think a no the, the, he looks like five to me oh he's not that little <laughs> all right well anyway no he's he's a young he's kid young. let's say eight let's yeah. say eight yeah he's like eight years old <laughs> yeah yeah okay moving right along um there's another character who's inside uh, uh, inside her head looks like a mall. Um, you know, there's people where it's just jungle-ish. I mean, there's all sorts of inside the head. And then inside the head, you can find your memories and they're organized in different ways and there's various things. So Stella, what would the inside of your head look like? Oh, well, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and I think that 
the inside of my head. Well, my door, my door would be like a beautiful wooden door, like with probably some ornate carvings on it because mm-hmm. that's just kind of like my style. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, before you get into it, I just want to say I have a guess of what the inside of your head would be like. And I'm so curious to see if I'm right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But so this is kind of how I thought of it, that once you enter into the door, you're in like this beautiful old train station. Like think, think, okay, a little bit like Grand Central, like New York's Grand Central, or I mean, it doesn't survive anymore, but the old Penn Station, any of you know what that looked like? It was this incredible like Greek revival, or not even Greek, Roman revival really, um, uh, styled on the baths of Caracalla, like incredible, just beautiful, Mm -hmm. majestic, soaring ceilings. So this beautiful old train station, and then you walk down to the the tracks, Mm -hmm. and it would be a station where the trains like pull in and then to leave they pull back out so not passing through and then in each track there is a different train that's like associated with a different place um, and Mm. chapter of my life Mm. and then to access my memories because that's what all of this is about right they're going into their minds to access different memories I was thinking that you know you could board a certain train which is linked to a certain period of my, my life and then open up say you know a suitcase or something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's always some sort of container that they open up to then yeah. have the memories revealed uh so that's kind of what I was thinking <laughs> because I love travel and uh yeah it just and and for me like my memories are so grounded in where they took place like mm-hmm. it's very much about the place for me in part because I have traveled so much and I've lived in a number of different places mm-hmm. um that yeah the the kind of the travel metaphor just worked for me <laughs> I love that okay that's not what I was thinking what you. were you thinking I'm so curious like a really really pretty library Ooh, okay like you know what yeah. I mean like a at a really nice school like those beautiful old libraries just filled with books and like ladders to reach oh, the, the top ladders rungs. yes the, yeah. like beauty and the beast style library yes <laughs> yes yes that's what I was picturing and then you open you. a book to, to access exactly the memories. oh yeah exactly well, that no, is but, a good alternative <laughs> <laughs> no but I like I like where you were going I mean obviously it's your head <laughs> I'm not out here to decide what the inside of your head looks like <laughs> I will take your feedback into account. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one of the trains goes to a library. Oh, yeah, totally. I like that. that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And how about you? What would the inside of your head look like? Okay, mine's like really lame compared to yours. (laughs) I don't think so. So my I don't know what my door would look like. I've not spent a lot of time thinking about that. But... Ooh, but okay, when you open the door, you slide into it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but then here's the question. If you slide in, how the heck do you get out? You have to climb up the slide. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, you don't get up. You're just trapped You're inside just trapped your forever. head okay. like I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like stairs, mm, you know. All right. Well, make sure that you build that slides. in because we all know anyone who's seen the show know what what knows what happens if you get trapped inside your the space of your mind. Yep. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Do not want to do that. Um, yeah. No. There's there's stairs. We'll say that. Um, yeah. So I don't know what the door looks like. Um, although I just keep picturing a surfboard and you can just like slide like ride the surfboard down the slide. 
yeah, I don't know. Excellent. It's fun. Um, so the inside then, it's like a beachfront store. And the color palette is all neutrals. Mm, love it. It's like everything from white to camel colored, maybe with a little light gray thrown in as an accent. It's very the blush Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, it's almost as though I'm making those things. <laughs> And then the store sells like it's have you ever been to the clean market or those types of stores? No, I haven't. But now I want to go if it's anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not exactly. I mean, the color palette isn't exactly like that, but they sell like wellnessy products like Saqqara, Moon Juice, you know, brands like all the wellnessy type of brands. And it's all like powders and herbs and supplements and like little healthy snacks and you know, like bulk items and things like that. And so my memories are in these very like clean, aesthetic, clean line jars that are super organized and everything is organized by color, even Mm. though there aren't that many colors, but still it's like a gradient of colors. Love that. Yeah. (laughs) See, I was trying to figure out how I could work the color uh, coordination aspect into my concept. And I think that each train would be very beautiful Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and, you know, have excellent design, of course. But (laughs) no, Mm -hmm. I love this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So there's like a few plants in the corner and you can hear the waves crashing. I wish I was there. Mm, Yes. And, you know, well, uh, this is a bit of a tangent maybe, but one thing that I've been kind of wondering about with the head key, right, is that, of course, it's a way to access your mind, access your memories, and that's how they often use it on the show. Mm-hmm. But it's also a place that you can escape to or, or like, yes. go have adventures in and, like, have them of your own design. Like, in the first episode of the second season, mm-hmm. we see Kinsey, Uh, doing this in her mind like she's just hanging out on this beautiful lake on this swan float uh, listening to music drawing and and there are all of these little magical elements around her so you can tell that she's just kind of crafted this whole experience from her mind Mm -hmm. and uh, and I think that's an interesting dimension of it that they didn't explore as much as of course going back to look at old memories yeah Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I could do that by being, you know, at the beach and going in the water. And obviously, because it's in my own head, it's fully safe. There are no sharks. I'm not going to get like a jellyfish attack. I won't have to, you know, pee on my own leg or whatever. (laughs) Because I don't think I would be good at that. So. Yeah, no no jellyfish and no sharks in your mind paradise. <laughs> yeah, or at least they're they're far away because okay. they're probably necessary for the ocean ecosystem, right? I mean, I don't know. I I really don't know much about the ocean. <laughs> I would imagine they're somehow necessary and that's why they exist. But yeah, I just don't want them anywhere near me. So. Fair enough. When I was in Mexico, speaking of tangents, when I was in Mexico with Ozzy, we were in the water one day, and this was the one time that I'd had a couple of drinks and we were in the water. 
And, you know, we're just playing around and stuff. And he's like, is that a snake? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he was just fucking with me, like trying to get me scared. That's a good response, though. (laughs) Gotta say. And so I like look over and it's sure enough, it's a snake that's like maybe six inches. It's real small. There are snakes in the water? There are water snakes. Sea snakes. I don't know what they're called. Do they bite you? Well, he was like, and I will say the snake was really minding its own business. Like it did not want to be around us. Um, he's like, I think that might be poisonous. And so it moved away from us or we moved away from it or whatever. And we later looked it up and it's like a highly poisonous sea snake. Oh, dear God. Okay. Well, luckily it didn't want to be bothered. You had other things to do and your paths diverged. But it was right by us. (laughs) Okay. So since you brought up Kinsey, let's just move into this. Um, this is something that happens in episode three. It's not much of a spoiler. It's not like a big giveaway, but you know, just keep that in mind. So Kinsey takes the fear out of her head. Yes. Oh, and Kinsey is the middle child in this family. Yes. (laughs) So, and she's a girl in case. Yeah. That didn't make sense. She's a high school aged girl. Mm -hmm. I think she's a sophomore at the time. She's like a very type A you know, uptight, um, doesn't have a ton of friends, which I think is very relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like, pretty, smart, artsy girl. Yeah. But doesn't have the easiest time making friends. So she takes the fear out of her head. And what I really loved was the next morning we see her, like, color her hair and just show up so confidently and authentically. And it really, for a second, I was like, fuck, I wish I could take the fear out of my head (laughs) right like what do you think if you could take the fear let's just say you could take the fear out of your head and you did what would you do oh gosh well I mean I have mixed feelings about it altogether because Mm -hmm. I think fear is there for a good reason you know and we see and we see how then as the story develops how not having any fear is actually a problem sometimes for Kinsey also and like that absolutely you know because it's there for evolutionary purposes you know so we don't do crazy things so we don't get hurt anyway yeah yeah no actually quick tangent there is a real human being I remember I read about this when I was in high school I want to say Um, Her initials, I think, are SM, or she's referred to as SM. And she has a peculiar type of brain damage that prevents her from experiencing fear. Wow. And obviously, when I first read it, I remember being like, oh, how cool. And then I kept reading it, and she's been attacked like 29 times or something, like just something bizarre. Um, I think part of it is she lives in a kind of high crime area. I will throw that out there. But she just doesn't have the cues that the rest of us have to be like, no, don't like walk through that dark alley at Mm -hmm. midnight. Although I shouldn't say that because all I do is walk through (laughs) alleys at night. (laughs) Well, I think the important thing is to be aware of your surroundings. If you're walking in a dark alley, you know, don't be listening to loud music. Don't be in your head. Like, be paying attention. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, I mean, again, she lives in a very yeah. high crime area. I live in an exceptionally low crime area, so it's a little <laughs> different. But she just doesn't have that thing that the rest of us have that's like, mm, no, don't do 
that. So Mm. she's just constantly getting attacked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, we do, it's like shame also, right? I mean, shame can be toxic and it can really weigh on us, but you need a good amount of shame, right? Like I think Donald Trump is a good example of what happens Mm -hmm. when you have no shame. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh boy. Not to get political, but I mean, it just, just from a psychological Mm -hmm. standpoint, I mean, most psychologists agree that he has some lack of shame that prompts him to behave in certain ways whether you agree or disagree with his behaviors I think we can all agree that it's a little reckless Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, but to come back to what what would I do (laughs) if I took the fear out of my head so I mean I think one of the things that I'm most afraid of maybe is what other people think Mm-hmm. of me and what I'm doing and how I'm doing and all of this. And I realize like that is maybe the biggest thing that is keeping me small where I could be expanding, you know? And mm-hmm. so the first thing that I thought of or the first thing that came to mind was really like, wow, I would just be like putting myself out there, doing my thing, not giving a damn what anybody mm-hmm. thought because I wouldn't be afraid <laughs> of being judged as this or that based on what or how I was doing. Right. Is there anything specific you can think of? Um, just like, you know, without without getting into like too many specifics, just like in mm-hmm. my professional life, like I would be just doing my thing out there, mm-hmm. you know, publicly bef- for the world to see without, yeah, without worrying about what people would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. My, the first thing that came to my head is... I would do adventurous things that I'm scared of. Oh, wow. Like what? I Well, I'm so scared of everything that I think is fun. So, I mean, I'm terribly, terribly, terribly afraid of heights. But I would actually say my bigger issue is, um, I, I term it, I'm afraid of movement. <laughs> but I think it's speed, really, that I'm afraid of. So like, I would go skiing. I would go snowboarding. I would go surfing. Like, the fun things like that. Hmm. Because I'm just, I'm terrified. Like, I can't ride a bike <laughs> because I'm afraid. Like, I'm afraid of everything. Like, once there's an element of moving a little bit fast, I get scared. And is it, for you, is it something that if you do more of it, it, you get less scared or you're still like, it doesn't matter if it's like your 20th time down the ski slope, you're just as terrified as the first time? Well, I've never been on a ski slope, so I can't speak to it. Okay. (laughs) But I do think that exposure therapy in general tends to help with these things. Hmm. So, I mean, so when I went to Mexico um, last fall, like I'm scared of the ocean, Like, I'm not even a, I mean, I can float, but I'm not like a strong swimmer. Again, I won't drown, but I'm not like a strong swimmer. And then there were a couple of times where the wave took me under. Mm. And there were two times in particular where I really thought I was going to die because I couldn't get back up and like all the air had come out of me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And oh, so after that, I was really scared to even get into the water. Like I literally had to be latched onto Ozzy. Like if he, like it was like a little child Aww. getting into water. So things like that. Like I wish I was a little more adventurous and fun. And the thing is, I think that 
my soul wants that so badly. Like all I would think about as a child was having more adventure, but my family's just the least adventurous family ever. So I wasn't exposed to these things as Mm. a kid. Is anybody else in your family like afraid of these sort of things? I wonder like, is this partially like something that you absorb? Like these are fun things, but they're scary. Or is that more like innate to you, do you think? No, I think they're all terrified of everything. (laughs) I think I'm the bravest in my family when it comes to these things, truthfully. Mm -hmm. But they're also, I mean, they feel very uninterested. Hmm. Is the thing like I don't think they feel like they're missing out, whereas I genuinely feel like I'm missing out so much. Like even when I talked about the door to the inside of my head, I was like, oh, I want it to be a slide. Like I was obsessed with slides as a kid, you know, but then if it's like a really, really, really tall water slide, like that would scare me, even though I think it would be so fun. Well, I love that. I love that that you're, you know, overcoming fear for you is about having more fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you're maybe exposure therapy like doing a little bit more of each thing will be one way to kind of build towards that. Yeah. I I think that's the key. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, actually, pun totally intended, I think. <laughs> every time, side note, every time that I hear like on another TV show or, or podcast or now some somebody saying something is the key, I always, I just think of lock and key. I'm like, it's the key. I know, right? Last, um, my last birthday... I asked for this key necklace. It's just like gold chain with a teensy tiny key. And they had my initials engraved on it. And it was before. I mean, I guess I had watched season one of Lock and Key, but I had forgotten about it by then. But then I remember I wore it on New Year's Eve. And it was right after I'd watched season two. And I was like, holy shit, I have a key necklace. <laughs> I want a key necklace. <laughs> yeah, it's it's by Catbird. I'll send you the link. It's cute. Thanks. Do we get uh, a, a discount code? Is there a blush code? <laughs> yes, blush 15. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't wait to get the cease and desist from Catbird. No. (laughs) Hey, you're sending them clients. Yeah. (laughs) Take the advertisement. Doing your favor, folks. I do think that there's other things. I mean, other like deeper, maybe emotional things. But a lot of them are things that I feel like I've walked through a little. Like, I think if I had no fear, I would talk about sex more Mm. on the podcast. I think we all would. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. And, and, you know, and to just interject here for a moment, you know, listening to the last episode, right? um, I was just thinking, wow, you know, we really don't talk about sex that much. Like, imagine if it were just a normal thing to talk about. Like you were saying, like, um, what was the, what was the, um, reference? Like, like food, right? Oh, I love this, this, Mm -hmm. this dish at this restaurant. Like, it's so good. It's like, oh, well, I love this sexual position. You should try it. Yeah. Or this partner or whatever. You know, it's just, it, it would be so interesting if, 
uh, obviously like our world would need to function differently, not just our society, but yeah, if it were something that we're just, you know, not that we weren't ashamed about, that we didn't feel like we had to hide, mm-hmm. that we could just have candid conversations about. And that's one of the great things about, of course, I think what you're doing with this podcast. Anyway, oh, I'm just fangirling you. over oh, here. <laughs> No, but really, like if it weren't for fear of, number one, my parents, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, promoting the Science of Kinks episode literally every single day. I'm like, well, my parents follow both these Instagram accounts. My brother, I mean, my parents don't know what kinks mean. My brother (laughs) certainly does. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I'm like, "Uh, okay, well post you know but yeah if I didn't have that fear I would do it more but I have done it a little so that's cool another thing I think is if I didn't have fear I kind of think I would go out more Mm, go out to like like party (laughs) or just go out in the world both like party go to bars go like I just I kind of when I think of my ideal life it's more social than I am hmm yeah, you know, I I would like to go out more. I don't think that I am not going out that much because I'm afraid, though. I mean, there of course, there's the pandemic, so there's that. Of course. But I don't know. It's just like, not. I think it maybe because of the pandemic, like so many of my friends are not going out and mm-hmm. I don't want to go out alone. <laughs> like, that's no fun. It's the sort of thing that you want to do like with a friend, with a group. And that just, at least in my circles, has been happening so much less. Right. Well, so I don't know. I mean, the reason I feel like I don't go out and we'll just take this current period of my life aside where I am just unwell. But in general, it's like, I just don't feel like it. Like I'm comfy and cozy at home. I just don't feel like it. But I remember a few weeks ago when I was recording with someone and we had had a couple of drinks and we were just like hanging out and chatting afterwards. And then I was like, ooh, I'm just like in the mood to go out. And I was like, huh. Alcohol kind of takes down your inhibitions. And I do think that there is an element of social anxiety that probably prevents me from going out more than what I like to term laziness and just, you know, being cozy at home. I do think there's probably some social anxiety there that I'm not fully seeing and facing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I feel like that is probably the case for a lot of us where we you know, can use the excuse of, oh, well, I'm cozy. I don't want to go out. It's mm-hmm. not, it's easy to be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as I was saying, like, it can be an excuse. Yeah. But I think it's also totally valid to just be cozy at home and not want to go anywhere. Or, yeah. Or at least that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You're, no, you're right. And I mean, a lot of the time that times it is that, but I think like once a week, like, I could manage to go out sure. once a week. I'm not talking every night of the week, but once a week, I could manage to, you know, slap on a little mascara, throw on a shirt, and walk the fuck out of the door and go somewhere where there are human beings, right? What are these human beings you speak of? <laughs> Jeez, we've really been under a rock, haven't we? No, and I mean, there's just a perfect storm of excuses. Like, Mm -hmm. it's winter, I don't feel well, 
Uh, my boyfriend's out of town. <laughs> like it's a pandemic. Yeah. Sorry to keep coming back to that, but I think this is so relevant to the conversation. No, too. it is. I mean, it. yeah, it's it's been my favorite. Like, I, I dread the day that this is going to fully end <gasps> because I don't have an excuse to not do shit anymore. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. I hadn't thought of it that way. But, yeah, wow. We can't play the pandemic card anymore when, I mean, if someday it's going to be over. <laughs> but the thing is, when I picture my ideal life, it is being a little more social. Like, we live in New York City. There's cool shit going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we de- did go oh. to Christmas markets together, and that yes, was fun. That was great. That was super fun. Yeah. Um, no, I have to say, like, even in these strange times, like, of course, there's been a ton of stuff going on, and, like... I've had a good amount of FOMO, I think, you know, thinking, oh, other people are going out and doing these things. Why am I not doing it? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I think social anxiety is playing a part. Yeah. But it's more than that. Let's try to. Let's try to do like kind of fun artsy things. Yes. That sounds great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. let's, Let's try to set an intention here to do more things. Maybe. So what are you doing next Thursday evening? No, just kidding. <laughs> We're not going to do that right now on the podcast. We won't schedule now. <laughs> uh, if you took the fear out of your head, how do you think it would affect you in dating? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Gosh, I think I would be less guarded, obviously. Like Mm -hmm. I'm very, I wouldn't say that I'm very guarded, but you know, I'm cautious. Mm -hmm. I'm careful also to not like reveal too much too fast. And that's also because of like what I know about my attachment style. Like I tend to be a little bit, I'm like half secure, half anxious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, so like oversharing too early can be a way to... um, create a false sense of intimacy right and so I've learned the hard way uh from some past experiences like what what that can look like if you share too much and then the person ghosts or disappears or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so I am a little bit cautious and I mean it's partially it's partially out of fear but partially also out of I guess my growing awareness of <laughs> my own psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I would be less concerned about that, but I think I would also just like take more chances, put myself out there. You know, if I, if I saw someone that I was attracted to, like in, on the street or mm-hmm. in a bar or in a cafe or whatever, like I would be much bolder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would actually, you know, go up to him and say, you know, Hey, I think you're cute. Let's uh, have a drink sometime if you're down. I have not not once in my life done that mm-hmm. <laughs> in such an open and bold way. I've done it in a slightly more tentative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that I would just be like out there like, hey, I'm here. This is what I have to offer. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously... Just listening, I'm like, well, you could. Of course I could. But, but I, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. Scary. Scary. Just like I could go surfing, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I got it. I don't think I'd be any different in my relationship if I didn't have fear. Hmm. In fact, I could stand to have more fear in my relationship. <laughs> 
I think I could probably behave a little better. Like I'm, I've, I guess in the past when I've dated guys, I would be afraid to maybe bring certain things up or just be afraid of seeming too needy or too clingy. Whereas I really don't have those fears in my current relationship at all. That's great though. That's a good thing. (laughs) I know it is. Yeah. I mean, I joke, but it is he, and I will say it's a testament to him. Like he just makes me feel so safe Mm -hmm. and accepted being myself. Like there have been so many times where I've acted kind of crazy and he's just like, meh, whatever. And so it just it just makes me feel so safe. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that is a good thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I think about fears in relationships, I mean, now I'm single and I'm dating, but I was in a long-term relationship for almost six years that ended like five years ago. And I had so many fears in that relationship. And that was partially mm. because I had like turned off my intuition and like could not allow myself to listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I had, it would have been saying, danger, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not the right relationship for you for so many reasons. And as a result, I had all of these little fears that were just like ballooning. You know, they were just snowballing, getting getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. Um, but I have to say that in the relationship that I had after that, basically all of those fears dissipated because it was a kind of connection like you're describing, like what you and Ozzy have, right? So that there's this feeling of safety and being accepted and loved by your partner. Mm -hmm. And so to have had that kind of contrasting experience um, was really valuable for me. And I'm like, yes, that is is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you have that base of uh, safety and acceptance, it's like, okay, you can have all of these little fears, but they're not going to grow beyond normal proportions. Right. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I do have fears in my relationship, but I also am not afraid to voice them. I guess that's the mm, key. Mm-hmm. key. God. Mm-hmm. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. I do have fears, but when they come up, I'm like, you still like me, right? <laughs> Which I do about once a month. <laughs> hey, you know, I think that we're all kind of thinking that at one point or another. So why not just voice it? Yeah. It <laughs> and just... how wonderful to have a partner who is like, yes, uh, yes, yep. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Yeah. But thank you for voicing your concern. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it comes from him just not being the most verbal mm-hmm. guy. And that's how I've learned to adapt. Instead of spiraling on my own, I'm just like, oh, okay, I have fear. Guess what? He's going to be a part of it now. <laughs> not just going to silently suffer. So yeah, about once a month, I'm like, hey, you still like me, right? And he's like, yep, we're good. Everything's good. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Uh, okay moving on from fear if there was one thing that you could or multiple things that you could take out of your head what would it be Ooh, okay so like permanently remove yeah i guess like memories you mean or like uh, yeah, potentially memories or... or emotions or whatever hmm yeah i mean not not any emotions because i think that it's important to experience the full spectrum of yep. human emotion right yep. and have yeah. everything on the table 
But I would probably remove, you know, a few traumatic memories from like my yeah. childhood, adolescence, all that. I mean, who wouldn't? Exactly. <laughs> I think we all would, right? Uh, but that said, I don't know if it's... I, w- I wonder if removing it really does the trick or not. You know, it's kind of, you know, the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind question here, right? Er- erasing mm-hmm. the memories. Like, does that really do it? <laughs> or are, have those memories, like, imprinted in some way? And so what we need to do is, you know, resolve them in, like, a more subconscious way. I don't know. So, yeah, I would be tempted to say remove some painful memories, but I also don't know if that's necessarily, like, the most... Uh, healing or productive way to go about it right yeah because yeah I would say the same like maybe like childhood bullying Mm -hmm. things like that but then isn't trauma stored in the body also Mm, yeah and I don't know that just not remembering would do you any service Mm -hmm. yeah because your body remembers on some level the subconscious remembers I don't know I think it's a really complex (laughs) topic okay so in the show Again, uh, this is really not even a spoiler. It's just so not important. One of the characters wants to impress someone, so he throws... Uh, the Someone that he wants to impress is really into England, and so he throws a book about England into his head, so he has all this knowledge about England. <laughs> if you could add anything to your head... Oh, gosh. What would you add? Oh, gosh. I would add all sorts of information like that. That would just make my daily life easier. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, Um, like multiple encyclopedias because I know nothing. Oh, yeah. Lots lots of finance books, too. (laughs) That would be helpful. I Well, I mean, I know a lot more now than I did like five or ten years ago, for sure. But still, like, you know, if you ask me what the heck an NFT is or crypto or anything like that, like, I have no idea I do not understand people have tried Mm -hmm. to explain it to me I'm just like yeah no we're we're never gonna meet in the middle here (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I'd probably want to uh, absorb information on things like that but yeah mostly just yeah I guess uh yeah I mean not encyclopedic knowledge exactly but things that are like relevant to my work you know, that would make oh that would God, make yeah. my waking hours <laughs> a lot easier because I can focus on producing, creating things rather than like having to absorb all of this knowledge from reading. Mm-hmm. Also because I'm a slow reader. Yeah, I'm a slow reader too. I read at approximately the same speed that I read out loud, <laughs> which is not ideal. No, me too. I mean, it just depends on if I want to comprehend mm-hmm. or not. Because also I think I'm spacey a lot. So I'll read and then be like, oh, I didn't absorb any of that. Fuck, I need to go back and Oh, re-read. same, same, same. Yeah. Or I'll just misunderstand things because my eyes will glance and be like, oh, here's four words. I know this is what it said. And that's not at all what it said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would... I mean, I don't know how, but I'd like to add, this is going to be kind of sad, but like a feeling of belonging. Oh. I know. I know. I didn't mean to make it so sad. (laughs) No, that's sweet. Yeah. No, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) Um, Of the keys in the show, which which would you take? 
Oh, that's easy. The anywhere key. Oh my gosh. So this key, basically, you can turn the key in any door, in the lock of any door. And uh, when you open the door, you will walk into whatever space you want to. So it's like anywhere in the world. But the the thing is, you have to have been there before. You have to have 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 seen the the door. door. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what it is. You have to have seen the door that you want to walk through. So you don't have to have been there. But like if you have... Um, a picture of uh, the door of a castle say mm-hmm. you know you can turn the key here in your door and walk into that castle uh, yep. and I just think that that would be amazing as somebody who loves to travel uh, and has lived in many different places the thought of being able to just turn a key walk through a doorway and suddenly be back in any number of places that I love and miss is irresistible yeah yeah I so yeah I agree I mean, I think where I'm at right now in life, the head key is so tempting just because I am in this kind of cocooned phase where I'm unwell and I just, I want to work on, you know, healing both on a physical sense, which really is just a matter of time, but also I'm doing a lot of inner child work right now and things like that. And sometimes like just the ability to turn a key, go inside your head, retrieve that memory and see it and be like, oh shit, that's why I don't feel like I belong. Okay, now I know what I have to work through. That's so tempting right now. But overall, I don't know. I think the head key could be a little toxic. Mm, Yeah, I think it would be very easy to like escape into your mind. Yeah. As many people do in different ways. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, anyway. And just to like live in your mind, live in a fantasy world. uh, Yeah, it would be very tempting. It's a lot nicer to go out onto like the lake Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the swan boat in your mind. Yeah. And just chill there rather than having to deal with all of the problems and trials and tribulations of being in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, I think that there is temptation to go inside other people's heads Mm -hmm. which I don't know like I remember watching the show and I don't want to give anything away but there's a bit of a moment where couples go inside each other's heads and then like one couple is like oh I've never been inside my partner's head is that weird and then I was like well I don't go through my boyfriend's bones like it's a little like it's a little odd to want to go inside something like that's just so deep and personal. Yeah, you know? no kidding. I would not want anyone else inside my head, and I also wouldn't want to necessarily go in anyone else's head. I don't know. Yeah. It just it seems to me like you know we have our own memories of our experiences, positive or negative, the way that we received things, but. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you had a friend or a sibling or whoever who experienced the same thing as you, but experienced it in a different way, like, is it going to help you? Is it going to enrich your life to know how they experienced it? Especially if it was something that was really positive for you and really negative for them. I mean, maybe it would give you greater empathy for like what they're going through. Uh, But I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I often think the most invasive thing a person could do would be to read my journal. Mm. Right? And I I remember 
one of the first times that Ozzy slept over and I think I was leaving to walk Sam or something and my journal was right next to him. I was like, you cannot read my journal. You, you understand that, right? Like it's just, that's just a non-negotiable. And I know he would never, but you know, now that I think about it and I've never thought about this, I journaled once the entire time that Van Guy and I dated. And I think it's for two reasons. One, because... I deep down knew I didn't want to be with him and I didn't want to face it. But number two is because I think he would have read it. Huh, wow. I really think he would have. You know, now that you mentioned that, I realize I hardly journaled at all during my very long, very ill-fitting relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In part because I like didn't want to face what I was feeling because yep. I yep. couldn't even admit what I was feeling. Yep. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's true. But no, I think that... I think that, yeah, it's never that like, it's never a good idea to ha- read someone else's journal. I mean, I had a personal a personal experience with this that like my best friend when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, or what I mean, I had different best friends at different times. But anyway, one yeah. of my best friends when I was a kid, uh, I was over at her house and like she had left her journal open or just like on her desk and like I you know I, I couldn't resist I saw mm-hmm. it there and I like read one page and it was just like the most heartbreaking thing and like I never brought it up to her and she had been like this super confident yeah like this just this super confident young girl who was like very talented and like very happy being up on the stage but then like as her family became more religious um like somehow the the idea was drilled into her her head that that was false pride that like her Mm. going up there and like singing and dancing in front of everyone like in the theater Mm. you know the 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 performances and everything like that that was false pride and that was not her talent and that she should be ashamed of it and like Mm. I had no idea until like I wrote I read this page in her journal that was just like sitting there open and like I I just was like it broke my heart it broke my heart and I never brought it up to her and because it was you know it was this intimate thing that I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have read in the first place but Man, so yeah, journals <laughs> off limits. I learned that lesson when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like if journals are off limits, shouldn't the inside of the head be <laughs> off limits? Yes, 100%. <laughs> so yeah, in conclusion, as much as I wish I could have the head key for myself just for personal growth purposes, I do think that anywhere a key is better But I will say, I think there are other ways to access the inside of our heads. Yes, agreed. And I wonder if those other ways are more productive, actually. I mean, thinking about it in terms of, obviously, we don't have a key like this. But if you think about the the head key, what can you do? You can go back, you can go into your mind, you can relive, you can be present to watch your memories unfold in front of you. Whereas if you're doing like Mm self-hypnosis, you can run through the memory again and the memory as you remember it, not like as it actually was, but as you remember it. And then you can uh, kind of reimagine it in a different way, which is something you can't do with the head key. I mean, I guess you could like in a meditative state than outside of your head, <laughs> yeah. like back in your body. But I think that is like the essential part, the reimagining, the re, you know, yeah, reliving, but 
maybe if it was a painful experience for you, uh, reimagining it as if it were something more positive. Like that is something that has been shown to have a real effect. Like our subconscious mind believes that as much as like the real experience. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that you can't do with the head case. So yeah, I think that there are things that we can do with what is available to us now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there are, you know, NLP, like there are NLP practitioners that can help you through that. They'll kind of take you into hypnotic state it's not hypnosis in a way where you know you bark like a dog or whatever things like oh, that not at all yeah yeah but you kind of get into like a theta brainwave state and then you can access these memories and rewrite them um Stella and I both do to be magnetic work which has these guided meditation type things that take you into that state um I think a lot of people use psychedelics for those types of purposes, you know, like ayahuasca ceremonies, um, psilocybin, things like that. Uh, even ketamine has been shown to build new neural pathways. As someone who's done all of the above, <laughs> I actually think to be able to get there without the use of psychedelics is a lot more profound. Mm, mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, you know, there like I've done ketamine with a doctor Mm. before. Like I've done ayahuasca in a ceremonial setting. If that's something that appeals to you, absolutely. I just having done both, I've had more profound results without the use of AIDS like that. So and I'm not. I think that makes sense. It's like, I mean, it's a powerful, powerful tool, but it is a bit of a shortcut. Exactly. That's, yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I think that that's, wow, again, no pun intended, but that's the thing with the head key. (laughs) It's it's a shortcut. Mm -hmm. And I think we actually can get there without the shortcut. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap it up with, if you could make your own key, what would it be? Hmm, if I could make my own key. Well, I think it's hard to top the anywhere key. That's pretty fabulous. Mm-hmm. I might be tempted, might be tempted, although this would potentially be quite dangerous, uh, to have a key that allows you to return to the past and right a wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then the danger with that, of course, is that it can have so many repercussions for the present moment that the present mm-hmm. may not be recognizable, right? It, yep. it may be co- something completely different. And it could be even, f- who knows, far worse <laughs> yep. than, than it is in the present. So so maybe that would not be the way. Maybe Maybe the thing to do would be like, a George Bailey type situation. So for anyone who's seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? So this is this classic Christmas mm-hmm. movie, one of my favorites. And so basically this man, George Bailey, is given the opportunity to see what his world would look like if he had never existed. You know, so mm-hmm. so this kind of like, you know, if there's something you're, 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 you wish you could take out of the equation, if you could see what it would be like without it, then maybe <laughs> you would be more grateful for what it, what things look like in the present. I don't know. So maybe something along those lines. Oh, I like that. It's very um, stoic. Like stoic is in stoicism, the philosophy, not stoic, like the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, I like that. I so the first thing that I thought of when I thought about this question was 
I would not want to do anything that messes with the timeline. Mm. And that's in part because I've watched a lot of superhero movies and shows where, you know, someone goes in the past and changes something and then it fucks everything up. So, yeah, I kind of think the way things happened is fine. I don't know. When I was in school, what I wouldn't have given for a key that could freeze time. Ooh, that's a good one. They haven't thought of that yet. Or well, on this show, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be in season three. That's a good one though. Yeah. But I don't know that I'd want that now. Like, what would I do with that now? You know? Sleep. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, if I can freeze time and, like, get all of my R&R in, my rest and relaxation, then, you know, you can use all the other hours to do productive things. But, eh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't don't feel, I mean, now that I'm sick, I'm a little more pressed for Mm. time. But I, I kind of feel in good flow with that. Whereas in school, I mean, high school, just having seven classes at a highly competitive high school like what I wouldn't have done with that Mm. but just not having a traditional nine to five now it just doesn't have the same appeal that it did back in the day um what oh also when I was younger I really would have wanted a key to be able to change my appearance Mm, okay so like the identity key kind of no. Or, or oh no, just to change your your own appearance slightly, not make yourself look like a t- an entirely yeah. different fictional person. Okay. Yeah. Like a plastic surgery. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, yeah, which is just sad again that is a little child. That's a, but again, like growing up in Germany, being Middle mm. Eastern, like what yeah. I wouldn't have given to have had blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm. You know, shit like that to have looked less ethnic Mm, yeah or even at a very young age I was obsessed with being thinner to the point where Mm. I really would think about taking scissors and cutting my fat off and because I was too young to know that I like would have died if I tried something like that the only thing that held me back was the fear of how much it would hurt oh I know it's really, this episode is really sad. (laughs) Like apparently the inside of my head is a sad, sad place. No, it's not a sad place. It's just (laughs) a place where a lot of sad memories are still stored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are sifting through. Maybe it's relatable. That's my only hope. (laughs) Um, Okay. Here's, I have an upgrade to the anywhere key. Mm. A teleporting key. Oh, Okay. So you don't even have to have seen the door. Oh, yes. You can that's just even go. Better. Yes. You don't, there doesn't even have to be a door. You okay. can just go. So, but then how does the key work? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just like nitpicking here. Very <laughs> Hashtag Virgo. Virgo. <laughs> no, I mean, you can put it into a door, but you don't have to walk through a door. Got it. So like you can put it into a door and then emerge at a beach on mm-hmm. Bali where there are no doors. Perfect. And it, one that you've never seen before or been to. Like exactly. The power of your mind transports you there. Exactly. I love that. That's a good key. And honestly, this, ooh, how about like a confidence key? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> For now, we have liquid courage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are other ways to build confidence, but you know, just imagine being able to, 
being able to magically turn that on. Oh, I just thought of one. What Ooh. if like, okay, wait, no, this is related to your stopping time key. I just, I just thought of Groundhog Day, <laughs> I guess, cause it's coming up, you know? Yeah. And what, and how much I love that movie. It's so fun. Uh, but how... I think my favorite thing about the movie is how once this character um, discovers that he's reliving the same day over and over and over again, I mean, I'm sure 90% of people have seen it, but he starts to take advantage of that. And like he starts Mm -hmm. taking piano lessons. And so he learns to play the piano like a concert pianist, basically, because he's repeating the same day over and over again. So like the ability to, yeah, maybe stop time or pause time or relive a certain day and like develop a skill. I guess it's like the the thought of like being able to develop a skill um, in uh, a much more condensed amount of time mm-hmm. <laughs> is appealing to me. Yeah. Oh, I like that. But he's still putting in the work. True. True. Yeah. So it seems actually it seems like a condensed amount of time to us because we see like the montage version mm-hmm. <laughs> on the on the in the movie, right? But for him, it's just day after day after day after day. So. Yeah. yeah, like he's still doing it. Like I could just play the piano every fucking day, but mm-hmm. I won't. Maybe how about like an ambition key would mm-hmm. be good for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> like a little motivation. <laughs> that seems to be what I need. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Honestly, what I really would want most right now, though, is a magnet key. A magnet key. So it's a key that draws people to you, (gasps) your services, your products, like whatever it is that you want to put out there, whether it's like you want to find a boyfriend, a key that just makes people notice you Mm. or you want to make friends, a key where if you walk in somewhere, people again, just kind of notice you or you want to sell your services. Let's say you're a life coach or whatever. A key that makes people pay attention to your Instagram gets noticed. It gets pushed out more. Like whatever it is, like you're selling products, like people notice your shit. Oh, I love this. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) I want a magnet key too. Right? But do you think there's a way to, I don't know, create this key with the tools we have now? So, you know, not with the magic in the show, but just the things that exist in our world. Is there a way to make us that magnet. Oh, I totally think there is. Yeah. I think it's easier said than done, but you know, I mean, we've all encountered those people who just enter a room and command your attention mm-hmm. for, for for some indescribable reason. You know, mm-hmm. I think it absolutely is possible. It's about like, you know, not, not magically becoming confident, but practicing the skill of being confident, right? Because it's something that we can learn to do like through practice Mm -hmm. and just like embodying that, uh, and, and bringing it to like all of our interactions. I don't know. I think it can be done. Yeah. But how though? How? Yeah. That's the tricky part. I mean, I I agree (laughs) with you. It can be done, but how? Hmm. Just like building your so so as uh, as uh, Lacey of to be magnetic says like it's like building your trust muscle. I think like the more mm-hmm. that we it's a muscle that we have to build, right? It's like a confidence muscle mm-hmm. maybe. And so the more 
the more that we can learn to like move in the world in confidence, I think the more people we will magnetize to ourselves who are attracted to that. Yeah. But again, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not providing the like, do this, then do that, then do that, because I'm still figuring it out myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if we had unlocked that, then <laughs> pun intended. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> okay. So maybe I think all of us have a time and experience something where just things went right, right? Like, have you ever been to a party? And you walked in and people were just obsessed with you. And you're like, oh, this is the best fucking party I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Or like uh, one day where things went right or like one time you won something. Like I remember one time I was at some kind of black tie event for it was a lobby group for alcohol. And hmm. um, OK. And so I'm at this black tie event and there's a raffle and I won the raffle And I won all of these high-end liquor bottles, which in college, I mean, name something better, you know? Jackpot. And I just remember being like, I've never won anything in my life. And I won this, which at the time meant the most, you know? And like just channeling these moments where whether it's you won something by chance or you just, you were in a situation and people were really into you or, you know, just things fucking worked out. Yes. However it is. Because we've all had at least one experience of that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? And maybe tapping into that feeling and trying to live every day with that feeling. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally coming up with this on the spot. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds great. Like doing a meditation in the morning where you just kind of visualize yourself in that moment, on that day, at that event, whatever that was for you, uh, and embodying that feeling, like feeling exactly. it here and now, and then carrying that into your day. I am adding this to my daily routine. (laughs) Exactly. Because I do a lot of visualization work where I'll wake up and I visualize like the thing that I want to have happen and whatever. And I think part of the problem is that I don't actually deep down believe that that thing will happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you tap into something that's actually happened, it's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were there. Yes. You're aware. It's you your are, memory. You are living proof. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have that subconscious disbelief if you're just tapping into something that's already happened. And then that energy, you just tap into that energy and carry it through the day. Yeah. Is that the key? I Is think that that's the, the key. key? I think you've unlocked it. it? <laughs> Okay, I think we need to wrap up this episode because it just it can only go down from here. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't want to bring <laughs> Let's up. Let's end more. on a high note. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the key. That's the mag- magnet key. Can we all do that? I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Me too. Okay, Stella, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me back. This has been so much fun. We're gonna have you on very soon to talk all things dating apps. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to dig in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who you think would benefit from it. 
if you watch Lock and Key, share it with someone who also watches Lock and Key or doesn't, or you want to get to watch Lock and Key. If you don't watch Lock and Key, watch Lock and Key. Okay, it just sounds like we're sponsored by Lock and Key now. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Please share the episode, rate, review, subscribe, all the things. I know I say it every episode, but it actually means the world to me. It helps the podcast so much. So if you could just take a few minutes to do any of the things. Most of all, just share it. I appreciate it so much. Stella, have a good week. We'll see you next time and you'll hear from me next week. Love you guys. Love you. Bye.